Podcast Answer Man, episode number 392. Entertaining, educational, and encouraging content that makes a difference. This is GSPN.TV. Join the community. Well, hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Podcast Answer Man. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft and this, my friends, is the podcast devoted to helping you take your message, your business, and your life to the next level. That's right, my friends. It does not matter if you're brand new to this online content creating world we live in or if you've been creating content for many years, there's something we can all do to take everything we're doing to the next level. And my friends, taking things to the next level may mean getting a little bit more serious about deciding what you're going to cover for future episodes of your podcast, or at least having options available to you. Now, many of you know that I do this podcasting A to Z online training course for a limited number of people for a four-week session. I'd help them get their podcast launched from scratch. You can learn more about that, by the way, at podcastinga2z.com. Anyway, one of the most common questions that I'm asked is, where do I find content for my show? How do I come up with fresh new content week after week after week? And they're, they're more asking the question is like, gosh, Cliff, you've been podcasting since 2005. You've got over almost 400 episodes of Podcast Answer Man. You have almost 600 episodes of Pursuing a Balanced Life. Where do you consistently find new, fresh content for your podcast? And well, today I am going to share with you some sources that you can turn to for coming up with new content for your podcast and for your blog or whatever else you may be needing content for. Now, also in this episode, I am going to make a reminder of an old podcast episode that I did back in 2011, and uh, it was all about making yourself newsworthy. I'll talk about how I recently ended up with a an amazing write-up in the Cincinnati Magazine and how that led to a radio interview for which I will include in this episode of Podcast Answer Man. But let's first start with that big topic I opened with. How do we find sources or what sources are there? How do we find content for our future episodes that's fresh and consistently coming at us so that we're never left wondering, how am I going to come up with some content today when we go to record our show? So, The first thing before I start talking about where do we find the source of inspiration for content, let me first suggest that you create a list and that you put it somewhere. Now, I use a service called Workflowy. You can, it's spelled just like it sounds, workflowy, all one word, dot com. And this is just an outlining tool and it allows me to put in uh, sub, you know, major headings and then I can have bullet point list items underneath it that I can expand and collapse and all that good stuff. Just go to workflowy.com, check it out, see if you like it. But anyway, it doesn't matter where you can keep it. You can keep it in Evernote. You can create a Google Doc. You can create any place that has a list, you can create it there. You can create a mind map if you want Again, the technology and the tool of where you keep this list does not matter. However, what goes on the list does matter. And this list, by the way, I typically call this list my potential future topics list. (laughs) Real fancy, right? It's my potential future topics list. And basically, I have one of these for each of the podcasts that I produce. And in this list, it contains anything that I could possibly think of that might be possible topics to cover in the future for a show. And when you create this list for the very first time, I suggest that you do so when you have about 20 to 30 minutes to kind of brainstorm. Just get creative about the type of content and topics that you may want to come up with. By the way, anything you put on this list please understand, you are not committing 
yourself to actually cover those topics. In fact, Podcast Answer Man has a ton of topics on my future content possibility list or whatever you want to call it. Uh, For example, here's some. Can a podcast put you in danger of getting fired? That's a potential topic. In fact, I have an entire uh, super long podcast discussion thread on Facebook that that I actually asked some folks what they thought about this topic. And I have some great stories of people who did get fired because of their podcast and some, you know, or well, their online efforts, I should say, and people who suggest that it's not really that big of a deal. And I have some great thoughts on that that I could bring in. I could, matter of fact, some of the people who lost their job and and some employ, you know, employers who have employees who have podcasts and what they think about. It. I could bring those people in. That's a great future topic. Will I get to it on Podcast Answer Man? I have no idea. I'm not committing myself to it um, or any of the other things on here, but they're possibilities. That's the whole idea is with this list, you're giving yourself possibilities. By the way, there are some other ones on here. It is um, tips of facilitating a successful mastermind group. Um, the mindset of an employee versus the mindset of a business owner. What's the difference and why should that matter to you? Uh, Building a community around your podcast. Authenticity and transparency in your podcast. Uh, Let's see, income streams that you could pursue. uh, Different, well, you know, you get the idea. I have lots of, I mean, I'm looking at my list here. I probably have about 35 potential topics that I could cover in future episodes of Podcast Answer Man. And then what I do is I take that list and then as I'm going through my day-to-day life, I'm consistently able to add to that list. And one of the things that I will tell you, it doesn't matter where you store this list, Evernote, uh, Workflowy, whatever, my recommendation is that it's easy for you to access uh, in, in just about anywhere you go. So if you have a smartphone and have the ability to have an app that accesses this list, it'd be great if you could just pull it up as new inspiration comes to you. Because I'm gonna share with you uh, several places where you can turn to for inspiration for new content that you will add to this list, list only after you've done the initial brainstorming session. So the idea is to start with this brainstorming session without going to any of the sources that I'm about ready to share. And then once you've done that, close the list and then start looking into these other sources of information and inspiration for new content. And as you feel led that this might be a possible topic for such and such so, then you can actually open up the that list for that show and put it in there as a potential future topic. All right, so where do I go to after I've run off, run out of these just brainstorming questions off the top of my head? Well, one of the first places that I turn to are questions and comments from my community. So this is number one, question and questions and comments from my community. So this could come in from people who send me emails based upon something I talked about in my show. It could be comments in the comment section on my show notes or my blog posts. This could be in comments on social media where I put a status update on Facebook or on Twitter or wherever you might be doing your social networking stuff. It could be in coaching calls, working with people one-on-one. I have podcasting A to Z students, so I might take a question or a comment that came up from one of my students and share and, and use that as inspiration for a future topic. But this is the best place to go because this is your community asking you questions or giving you comments or feedback that help you understand what exactly is the mindset of the people who are already listening to your show. You can almost be assured that if one person has this question, there's a likelihood that many other people in your community have that question, even if the answer that you gave to that person seems to you as a no-brainer. It's like, who doesn't know this? Well, that person didn't know, and there's probably other people who would love to hear that question asked and then hear you answer it in your podcast. So questions and comments from your community. The next one is news related to your niche and specifically going out and seeking information from the RSS feeds from trusted sources. Now, I would recommend that you use a service called Feedly if you don't already have a what we call an RSS reader. 
uh, where you can subscribe to regular updates coming out consistently from these trusted sources of news related to your industry. Now, Feedly.com, F-E-E-D-L-Y.com, you can go there, learn how to what it is and how to figure out how to use it. I'm not going to go over all those details here in this particular episode. But anyway, Feedly will allow you to type in services. Like, for example, for the longest time, I used to subscribe to Mashable. And I got sick of Mashable because they were putting out way too much content and so much of it was not related to technology or entrepreneurship which are the two things that I was initially interested in and I felt like they fulfilled wonderfully, but then they got into too much world politics and news and and all kinds of other crazy pop culture stuff that wasn't of interest to me. So I dumped Mashable. Uh, Most recently, I've been following The Next Web and Verge. Uh, These are two tech-related companies and they have a lot of good stuff in there from for related to technology, I like to keep up on that. And also entrepreneurial kind of stuff is in there as well, productivity. Um, You could look into places like success.com and there's all kinds of sources out there. Whatever your target area is, whatever your focus is, I'd recommend that you find some, some blogs and or other news sources that consistently give you that kind of information. What's the latest of thoughts and, and conversations that are happening in your industry Follow those news sources using a service like Feedly.com so that you can kind of keep up to date for yourself personally. And then every now and then when you're reading those headlines and then you dig deeper into the story, then what you'll find is, oh, wow, this this could be a potential future topic for my show. And then you add it to the list. Not only that, when you get into the news stories, find out you know what what is it that caused you to look at the headline of the story and then click. Okay, so kind of think, be thinking not just what content are they giving me here and what, what specific story, but how, what was it about that headline that caused me to click to actually read further into this specific story? So, for example, with Verge and The Next Web, they have tons of content coming out Monday through Friday. And, you know, there, there might be 10, 15, 30, maybe 40 or 50 posts and I read nearly every single headline, but I probably only click on about five or six stories throughout a day. And it may be interesting to find out for yourself what was it, how, what was it about how those were worded. Maybe it's just the topic itself, but also think about the, the, the way that the titles are worded because it can help you with maybe some of the titles for your podcast episodes. Kind of keep that in mind. Next thing I would say is a source of inspiration for future topics is what struggle are you currently facing right now? Now, for me, I believe in a lot of transparency, a lot of authenticity, and I'm not really the kind of guy that has to put out this professional face, this expert appeal uh, that I am the guy who knows everything there is to know and if I don't know it, I'm going to find it out before I come to you so that I can actually be the, the highest person on the totem pole out there, blah, 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 blah. That's not me. In fact, uh, for example, here's the thing. I'm so, I know a lot about technology. I know a lot about WordPress. I know a lot about setting up RSS feeds and all this other stuff. Um, you know, I was blogging before there was ever comments and the the comment engines and all this stuff. And, you know, I've been playing around with live fire and discuss commenting systems. I know how to avoid spam on my website from the comments and all this other stuff. So there's a lot of things that I know. But recently I shared that, you know, I've been burned out by so many comments that are, are so, so many different posts on my website that are consistently getting hundreds of new people every week on these posts coming from Google. These are not people who are in my podcast community. Uh, These are people who are searching for things. They read the actual post on my site and then they ask questions, consulting questions, like one-off questions. And they're very detailed. They're not like the answer that I give to them would apply to anyone else. They're very specific. Like here's the microphone that I have and I have this particular audio interface device and I have this uh, piece of equipment and this. Can you tell me what cables I'll need and how to hook them all up? I mean, that's the kind of questions I was getting in my comment session. So I shared this in, in a previous episode of Podcast Answer Man when Michael Hyatt had announced that he shut off all comments on his website. And I said, guys, is there a way that I can shut off comments on my posts and still allow all of the comments that had been there previously to remain on the site? 
you know, and, and now if I wanted to, I could have said, yeah, you know what, I, I could have just ignored that, but instead, it, this was a struggle and an obstacle that I was facing, and I asked my community if they knew, and at least what I did is I explained to them why, you know, it, this isn't me just sharing my obstacle, but the, but the fact that I'm sharing that this is an obstacle, I believe is educating in and of itself. In fact, there, you know, it's like, wait a second, you mean there's a time in my brand where I might get to the place where I get so much feedback that it becomes overwhelming because I know a lot of people are in the place where they just feel like, man, I just don't get enough feedback. I, I just can't get my community to respond. And I'm thinking, man, I remember those days and cherish them because the few people who are responding to you right now, man, build deep, deep, wide relationships with those, or deep relationships, instead of trying to go wide with the amount of people who are connecting with you, go deep with the few that you are, because um, one day in the future, you will not be able to go as deep with that many people, so um, anyway, but the, a- asking your community, sharing your struggle and obstacle, it helps let people know that they're not alone, it helps also people it makes you more relatable to people. It, it 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 kind of makes them think, well, gosh, if if he experiences this, man, I feel a whole lot better about where I am because I thought I was alone in this. So it will endear people to you is what I'm trying to say. All right, so the next thing is, is what obstacle or struggle have you recently overcome? All right, so this is different. What struggle or obstacle are you facing right now asking your community to help? But next is what obstacle or struggle have you recently overcome? And then explain how you overcame it. How did you push through? What steps did you take? This will help other people who are experiencing that struggle or obstacle have ideas about how they might also overcome. So share how you did it. In fact, the answer to my comments question has been answered, and I will share that in next week's episode of Podcast Answer Man, episode number 393. So if you wanna hear what's happened in my updates on my comments, I look forward to sharing that with you guys next week. Okay, so that is, so far we've talked, well, you know, I'll do a whole summary of them all later. So let's just move on to the next one. The next one I have down here is, what are people talking about in social media? Now, I happen to follow a lot of people who share a lot of the same passions and interests that I have. And I follow them on Twitter and Facebook primarily. I really, I'm connected in some other networks, but when it comes to checking in daily to see what people have going on, I really follow Twitter and Facebook. And as a result of that, I see some common themes of, you know, what are people talking about? And when I see multiple people talking about something, then all of a sudden it kind of comes up on my radar as, man, a lot of people are really talking about this. So, for example, I, and by the way, I have not added this to my list yet, but a lot of people are talking about uh, Twitter bombing. In fact, let me just go in here right now to Podcast Answer Man. I'm going to go to uh, future ideas or future content ideas to consider, and I'm going to put on here Twitter bombing. So if you guys don't know what Twitter bombing is, you can just Google, Google search for it. A lot of people are talking about it. Vocal fry, you know? Um, have you heard about vocal fry? Do a Google on vocal fry. I'm not ready to do an I, I, I'm not ready to do a podcast episode on Twitter bombing or vocal fry yet, but I just added them to my future list. Why? Because those are the things that have come up in social media conversations. In fact, actually, vocal fry came up as a question or a comment from somebody in my most recent podcast answer man. I in my podcasting A to Z. I had never heard of vocal fry before. And then all of a sudden, one of my students says, you know, I was listening back to my episode and I noticed I had vocal fry. And I'm like, okay, I've been podcast consulting and coaching since, uh, you know, well, for many years now. And here's the deal. I've never once have heard the term vocal fry. And then she pointed me to a YouTube video. And supposedly this is, uh, if you don't know what vocal fry is, it's when people start talking like this. You know, it's like, oh, yeah. It's, it's that, yeah, froggy sound. It, it's called vocal fry. Anyway, it, it ah, go go just do, go to you go to YouTube and ter- search for uh, vocal fry. But anyway, so yeah, what are people talking about on social media? Kind of look for trending topics, and are those trending topics something where it, it makes sense for you to finally bring that to your show? And if so, then add it to your future potential future topics list. Okay, be on the lookout for great stories everywhere. Now, so far I've talked about a lot of stuff being online, 
But here's the deal. Uh, you will find insight if you are looking for it everywhere you turn, whether it be some some guy cuts you off uh, on the middle of the highway. Uh, that could be a that could in how you react to it and what was you know what your mind and thought process was and what did instantly happen. You know what that could be a great illustration for you to share uh, and and to bring up. It's like oh, you know what. This gets me to thinking about how patient we need to be. Whatever the case may be, you get the idea. You could you could actually have an interaction with somebody at you know related to customer service. Maybe you you're dealing with a waiter or waitress, or you're dealing with a a, a, a checkout clerk at the local Best Buy or whatever. Whether it be a really great experience or a really terrible experience, those could be potential discussion topics for future episodes. Let me tell you this story about something that happened to me while I was working out at the gym the other day. I saw this guy come in and he was gung-ho and blah, blah, blah. And I've been watching him every day because he comes at the same time I do. And and you just start telling the story. And as long as it illustrates some point that's relevant to your community, just think about all of those things. Maybe you see a silly sign that makes no sense of, at all. And that just could be tucked away as a potential illustration of uh, of a of a topic in the future. So kind of keep these kind of things, be on the lookout for great stories and inspiration everywhere, not just on your online stuff related to your industry or niche. Okay. Another source of inspiration could be sharing the success of others. Look look at people who are achieving success in their life. It does not have to be people who are achieving success only in your industry or in your niche, but look for people who are just achieving success at anything. And then uh, kind of basically go after them and, and say, guys, or hey, do you mind if I share your story? I'm so excited for what you have just shared as far as this recent success for you. What a great milestone. I'd love to feature this and talk about it on my podcast. Would that be okay with you? And then what you can do is you can tell their story. You might even want to invite them onto your show, but that's the next topic. So uh, we'll get to that in just a second. But anyway, the reality is is that you could talk about somebody else's success. And and what I was going to say is the reality is is that success principles are easily transferable from one specific area of life to just about any other area of life and certainly from one business to the other. What makes a person successful in one field will likely also apply to your field. And so it's not necessary that I could talk to somebody who just successfully completed a triathlon and I could actually tell that story and then relate that to podcasting in some way if I wanted to. So sharing the success of others is a great way. And of course, this is a way for you to let that person, it's almost guaranteed that if you share the success of another person, at least that person's going to listen to that episode, even if they're not a regular subscriber of your show. And chances are that person will tell other people about it. So there's lots of additional benefits to sharing the success of others. All right. The next one is invite someone else onto your show for a conversation from a different perspective. So many of you have interview-based podcasts, and that's great, but many of us don't. We have these solo shows that we're doing week after week, but the fact is is you can throw in an interview or a conversation. And by the way, if you invite somebody onto your show, it does not have to be an an, an interview, and they don't have to be a regular co-host of your show. It can just be inviting somebody on for a conversation about a particular topic, maybe even a topic you've already covered previously, but now you're actually having this conversation with somebody else, so it brings in a different perspective. So kind of think about the potential of bringing in a guest on your show. And then the final source that I'll share with you here, and then we'll move on to uh, the other topic here. And the final source is go through the archives of the content provided by other people you look up to the most. For example, for me, I'd look at Dan Miller's 48 Days blog. I'd look at Michael Hyatt's blog. I'd look at Ray Edwards' blog. I'd look at um, Pat Flynn's blog. And if I was really hurting for some content, what I might do is I might go through their archives and just look at the topics and 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 content that they've shared in the past and say, hmm, you know what, that is a great topic and I would love to add that to my list. And my recommendation is that you do not steal their headline, you do not steal the actual 
things that make up that content. So for example, if Michael Hyatt did, here's eight tools that I use in my business every single week. That might be a topic that Michael Hyatt has on his site. And so what I might do is like, here are the five most important technology apps that I could not live without. And, you know, is that a variation of Michael's topic? Yes. But my apps are going to be my apps for my reasons. You know, I'd make sure to go out of my way to make sure that I am not just taking his list that he shared and share my own views on them, but creating my own list. Is there a possibility that some of the apps would be duplicated? Sure. But the idea is to, your the idea isn't to take their content, but to take the idea of the topic and put your own spin on it. And, and making sure that all of the content is actually yours, not theirs, okay? So, and by the way, I don't even do that very often, but I have done that in the past where I'm like, you know what, I, I've got this entire list of future potential topics. I, I, right now, as I'm ready to record my show, I'm just not feeling any of these. So I, I, I might pull up, you know, somebody else's blog, and I might look for some sort of inspiration there. Uh, and, and usually these are people, of course, who kind of create a similar content to the content that I create. And and again, making sure that you're not taking their content, you're just using it as a source of inspiration to help you think of your own content. That is extremely important in my mind. So let me just review those these sources for you. Um, number one, make first of all, before we go to the source list, make sure that you create a list of future possible topics that you can access just about anywhere so you can consistently add to them, okay? And then where can you find this content? Uh, questions and comments from your community, news related to your niche from RSS feeds uh, using a service like Feedly. Uh, what struggle are you currently facing right now? Ask your community for help. What struggle or obstacle have you recently overcome? Well, explain to your audience how you overcame it. What are people talking about in social media? What's trending or what was just one-off comments that are out there that might be interesting to talk about in your show? Be on the lookout for great stories, not just online, but everywhere in life. Everywhere you turn, there's stories that could be told that could lead to great conversation and content on your show. Uh, the success of others, share their stories. Tell other people about these success. It doesn't always, ha always have to be about your own success, but you can talk about the success of others and, and what, what kind of lessons or insights can be pulled out of it. Invite someone else onto your show. Have a guest to have a conversation about a new topic or a topic you've already talked about from a different perspective. So invite somebody else. Get a different voice on your show from time to time. Uh, and then going through the archives, uh, the archives of other content producers that you look up to the most for inspiration only for new content for you to create for your show. And that, my friends, is what kind of the, the top ways that I find new content to talk about on my podcast. I hope that has been helpful to you. Now, before I tell you about Cincinnati Magazine and the interview that I'm about ready to play for you, I do wanna make a note right here to remind you of a podcast episode. It was, it was podcast, podcast Answer Man uh, episode number 226, I just had to look it up here. I recorded it on September 8th, 2011, and I recorded this with and had a guest on my show to talk about a new topic called Making Yourself Newsworthy. Uh, matter of fact, let me just read this here. It says, in this episode of Podcast Answer Man, I happily share, I'm happy to share an interview that I did with Joel Bogus and Pei Kang from fourpointscoaching.com. Uh, the reason I brought them on the show was to talk about the idea of making yourself newsworthy so you can lever leverage local traditional media to spread the word about your brand. Joel has been covered on local television 30 times within the last 10 months. That was back in September 2011. He shared how he accomplished this task, how, this accomplishment in this episode. So this was sharing the success of someone else, inviting them to come on and tell their story. So all of that. And so if you wanna learn how to make yourself newsworthy, I do encourage you to go back into the archives. And now let me give you the URL how to get there. It's real easy to remember, podcastanswerman.com slash newsworthy. That's it, podcastanswerman.com 
slash newsworthy. Go and check that out on my website. Listen to that episode. It'd be very helpful. In fact, I remember immediately after that episode was released, within weeks, lots of my listeners had found themselves being interviewed on local television, local newspapers, and on the radio. So go check it out. Now, with that being said, I am now going to tell you that um, I had a student, his name is Todd, who came through my podcasting A to Z course, and he said, Cliff, you know, I really love your viewpoint on podcasting, that it's not just about how do we monetize this and make the most money and get top-ranked shows, but instead your focus on how can we use the content that we're creating to have a powerful and positive influence in the lives of others, and I would love to help use my experience and my background to help you get your word out. And I took him up on his offer, and since then he's helped connect me. He's made pitches to to many people in the media industry on my behalf, and he has helped me land several online publications. And then recently I had the opportunity to uh, be approached by Dave Ghost from Cincinnati. He's a, well, he's actually a, uh, what do you call that? He is a freelance writer for many publications, but one of the publications that he writes for is Cincinnati Magazine. Now, Cincinnati Magazine is a very well-respected publication. It is a print magazine, and it shows up, it it still gets delivered to people's houses, and it also shows up on the newsstands, and it is actually something that actually flies off of the newsstands pretty quickly after it gets published. So anyway, Dave came out to my place twice and spent the day with me, And one of those episodes, it was the one that I said, am I a narcissist? Whatever episode that was. He was here that day and I referenced him in that Podcast Answer Man episode. Well, the article that he was writing or researching, doing his research for, uh, he finally finished up that article. All the fact checkers, I mean, this is, this is serious business. They, the fact checkers, checkers uh, followed up with me at least three times and they followed up with everybody mentioned in the story. And so it, it took a while to get to all of that stuff fact checked and everything. But Cincinnati Magazine, February 2015, there is a massive write up on me and my journey in podcasting, and I could not be more excited. Now, um, the you know the magazine and having it in your hand is one whole different. Uh, it, it feels different than actually reading the story online, but they did recently publish the story online as well. And what I will do is if you go to podcastanswerman.com slash 392, this is episode 392, podcastanswerman.com slash 392, you can go to the show notes and I'll put a link to the Cincinnati Magazine article in the show notes for this episode. How Now, here's the deal. This, this article was, I, I'm super stoked. It really captured the essence and the heart of my feelings about podcasting. And I'm so delighted about all of the massive exposure that this brings to a whole new group of people uh, in, in not just in Cincinnati, but in surrounding states. And, and again, this is a pretty significant publication. So it, it's, it's definitely going to open up a lot of people's minds to the possibilities of podcasting and what can really uh, what podcasting does well. So I, I could not be more excited. I hope you'll check out the article when I put a link to it in the show notes, podcastanswerman.com slash 392. Well, the folks over at um, our local NPR station in Cincinnati, it was 91.7 uh, WVXU. They had saw the article that was written up on me on podcasting. Of course, podcasting is a big topic these days, mostly talking about how financially successful it can be and and all of this stuff and but but they they love the different angle and so the folks over at WVXU uh, program director over there reached out to the folks at Cincinnati Magazine and said can you contact Cliff and ask him if he'd be interested in uh, coming on to uh, the radio and and spending a half hour with us and so Cincinnati Magazine reached out to me and I said yes I'd love to and so uh, yesterday I'm recording this today on Wednesday February 11th right now but yesterday on Tuesday February 10th I went down to WVXU in Cincinnati and went in there and spent 30 minutes with Mark Haney on this Cincinnati edition on this NPR station and it was a lot of fun, a great conversation, and and it was 
probably it was the, uh, he you could tell this guy is a professional interviewer because he was prepared he was on point and even with two callers that called in i feel like this this interview included some of the my favorite elements of sharing a little bit of my story sharing about the the possibility that podcasting has to offer the the the, the opportunity to pursue work that you love and Yes, the the whole story, you know, the story of how difficult it is to get started, but how if you really work at something over a long period of time uh, and follow the work that you love, you can find a way to see the money follow. So all of that was included in this interview, and one of the things that I asked them yesterday was, hey, when this is posted online, do you mind if I share it in my podcast? And they agreed to allow me to do that, and so I'm about ready to play for you that entire interview that I did uh, with uh, the Cincinnati edition here on WVXU in Cincinnati. Now, I'm not going to say anything else after this interview. I'm just going to pretty much let it roll out the rest of this show. I'll be back again next week. It will be pre-recorded because I will be on a cruise next week. I'll explain that in next week's episode. So, But anyway, I hope you enjoy this interview, and uh, I look forward to connecting with you guys again next week. This is Cincinnati Edition on 91.7 WVXU. I'm Mark Haney. Cliff Ravenscraft is celebrating an anniversary of sorts this year. Ten years ago, he answered a calling he felt by turning himself into the podcast Answer Man. Since then, he's created 30 programs. as He's recorded more than 3,000 episodes covering topics from religion to social media to the Hunger Games and more. But his passion isn't so much about podcasting itself as what he can do with it to improve the lives of others. Writer Dave Ghost tells Ravenscraft's story in an article titled The Voice of Pod, which appears in this month's issue of Cincinnati Magazine. And Cliff Ravenscraft joins us to discuss his work as a master podcaster. Cliff, good to see you this afternoon. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much, Mark. I'm glad to be here. If you'd like to join the conversation, the phone number is 513-419-7100. You can also email talk at wvxu.org, or you can find us on Facebook or Twitter. And Cliff, this is kind of an interesting relationship here. Tell me how blogging, uh, This Week in Tech and the TV show Lost all came to, together to be some of the early influences on your decision to become a podcaster. Well, I've always been involved in technology. I've been a fan of computers since I was a kid. Took my first computer apart when I was eight years old. <laughs> in I was the early before there was the internet. There was BBS systems, so I had this uh, ability to call in over a twelve hundred baud modem and dial into another person's computer in their home, and we would be able to interact with each other through chat and all kinds of. We could leave messages for people who might sign on later in the day. I was the first one of the first people who saw um, got AOL when it was Windows 3.0 on five and a quarter floppies. Uh, I started blogging before it was called blogging. It was 1996. I created my first online web journal, and then I called it a weblog, and then it was called blogging later on. So I've always been an, a geek and a, a, a technology enthusiast, and I noticed this television show in the 90s called Tech TV our screensavers on this network called Tech TV. And that's where I found this guy named Leo Laporte, who I felt really drawn to. I loved his passion and zeal for technology. And after he left that TV network a couple years later, 2005, he started this thing called This Week in Tech, which is a podcast that was him and a couple other people that was on this screensavers television show with him. And that's when I fell in love with podcasting. And then where does Lost come into play? That, that, that's fascinating in itself. So the f- technology was the first podcast that I ever listened to. And then I found out Adam Curry from MTV was doing a podcast uh, from the 80s vid- video disc jockey. Anyway, uh, I found a Catholic priest in the Netherlands. And I discovered this true passion and love for the TV show Lost. And I wondered, I wonder if anybody's doing a podcast about the TV show Lost. And uh, lo and behold, there were five of them. That were and, and so I subscribed to all five lost podcasts that existed at the time. Listened to every one of them every week. That's between three to five hours worth of content I listened to every week about this TV show. And I had started to blog about the TV show, and I started blogging my own theories based upon all this insight that I was learning. And I called in some voice feedback. I left a message on a telephone line. Ryan Azawa from Hawaii and his wife Jennifer Azawa played my voice on their show and I heard my own voice and I knew that <laughs> thousands of people around the world had heard my voice 
And the number of subscriptions to my blog went through the roof. And uh, Ryan had said, Cliff, man, your stuff is so great. Why don't you create your own podcast? And I joke around and say that my ego didn't need, my ego didn't need too much stroking. And so I instantly went out and figured out how I could create my own podcast. And this was the turning point in 2005 that launched you down the road to being a, a, a podcaster. Yes. And the Ozawas encourage you to start your own podcast. And, and what did you go out and do after that? Did you go out and buy a bunch of equipment and start putting this all together? I went to Best Buy and I off the shelf. This was before USB headsets were popular. Uh, they were just coming out. So I bought this uh, headset with a uh, little headphones, a little boom microphone off to the side. And it had two one eighth inch plugs, one plugged into the microphone jack and one plugged into the headphones jack on your laptop. And that was $35 that I invested into this, okay? <laughs> I plugged it into my HP laptop at the time, and I downloaded free software called Audacity. And I recorded my voice and recorded my very first episode. And then I learned and taught myself how to hand code what's called an RSS feed. And I submitted myself to iTunes, and I was exposed to the world. Now, you were working a regular job uh, in insurance sales, and, and then you decided, let's go full-fledged into the podcasting thing and you you left the insurance job and and what were those days like what was it like when you quit that regular job and launched out completely was it was it a tough time it was a very tough time uh when i first left so i had been podcasting for two years as a hobby by the way and i had gained an audience of over sixty-five thousand people around the world who loved what i was doing and encouraged me cliff this is meant for you this is or you were for <laughs> you were meant for this and and people were telling me you could make a living doing this stuff and i'm like yeah you guys are nuts and they don't understand i, I just worked for ele- the last 11 years in insurance i am a very successful insurance agent but the reality is is over the two years that I was podcasting, I grew to hate my job. And I could, because I saw it as a distraction from what was becoming what I felt my true calling in life, which by the way, my calling isn't a podcast. My calling is to take my experiences in life and to share them within the world, with the world to, in hopes that I might entertain them, educate them, encourage them and inspire them. But what happened was I, and I had already been doing that with blogging, right? But what happened is using my voice, I found that this is this is one medium that, wow, I love that I can get behind a microphone. I can talk for an hour or two, put it on the Internet and know that it's having a positive influence in people's lives all over the world. No limits. Didn't you get your stepfather to try to talk you out of doing this? Well, I went to him when I when I thought, you know, my stepdad owns the insurance agency that I worked at. And so when I went to put in my 90 day notice, I I thought for sure he was just going to blow up and go all crazy. He's like, there's no way you could do this. Right. But I went in and uh, I was hoping in a way he would talk some sense into me because I have no business experience. How am I going <laughs> to launch in a business? And, uh, but no, I went in and, and he says, you know what? I've been waiting for months for you to come in and, and tell me that you're ready to go out and venture and do this. And he says, you can always come back here, but I don't think you ever will. And he says, you know how much money you can make if you stay here. Cause I was in line to take over the agency with my sister. And he says, you know how much money you can make here. And he says, I will tell you what, I believe it is nothing compared to how much money you'll make if you go out and pursue this. So it was no surprise at all your stepdad. <laughs> Uh, it was a shock to me that he had that faith. <laughs> My wife had that faith. I did not have that faith. I, I had enough faith to put my 90-day notice in, but I had no idea what the future would hold for me. 513-419-7100 if you'd like to join our conversation with Cliff Ravenscraft. Let's talk with Matt in Eastgate. Good afternoon, Matt. You're on Cincinnati Edition. Oh, thank you for having me. You're You're welcome. So... I am kind of in a similar position. My past is 16 years of IT. Uh, I've done internal training video development. Sounds a lot like podcasts. And I think I'm probably like a lot of people who are listening to this on the radio going, I have something that I'm passionate about. I can dictate over a screencast, but, you know, how do I make the jump? How do I make a plan uh, so that my wife doesn't think I'm crazy (laughs) and that I can just go work for myself? I can answer that. Um, so, so <laughs> he is based, the podcast answer man. After so all, the the idea here is to take the experience that you have and the knowledge that you have and begin sharing it freely with the world. That's the one thing that I found a, a quote that I hold on to. Find something that you love to do so much that you would be willing to do it all day long for free, 
and then become so excellent at doing that thing that eventually people will pay you to do it. And so if you, if I had this experience for so many years in the IT field and I had all of this knowledge, I would imagine that I've amassed so much information and valuable insights into this field that other IT people around the world would be interested in learning from what I have. I, I could help people pass certifications by creating prep exams or tutorials and stuff like that. And so what I would do is I would create a blog and I would create a podcast and I would create a personal brand for myself as an expert authority who's putting free content out into the world that is benefiting people in this particular niche or this area so that people come to see me as a go-to export. And this doesn't happen overnight. It's slow at first, but over time it builds up. And as you build a relationship with those people who you've influenced, they become your greatest opportunity to get your message even further out to the world because they tell other people about how much you've benefited them and they bring other people to, to, into your following, if you will, online. So one of the exciting things is you could, for a long time, people would get started with a blog. But today, there are 450 million active English language blogs. Today, there are only 276,000 audio podcasts. Now, 276,000 is a big number. But when you can compare to getting noticed out into this noisy world compared to 450 million active English language blogs, it's a lot easier. It's a much smaller haystack for your message or your needle to get noticed. Matt, thank you for the phone call. If you'd like to join our conversation with Cliff Ravenscraft, 513-419-7100. You can also email talk at wvxu.org or find us on Facebook or Twitter. And Cliff, uh, tell me about the shows that you're producing today. Well, I've produced a total of 30 different podcasts since 2005. I have done over 3,300 episodes now of those 30 different shows. Currently, I'm only producing three of them every single week. Uh, the three that I do, the most popular one out there is my podcast, Answer Man podcast at podcastanswerman.com. It's where I answer people's questions about podcasting, but it's more than that. It's helping people take their message, their business, and their life to the next level. Uh, another show that I do every week, it's my personal favorite. It's called Pursuing a Balanced Life. I just released my 596th episode of the show, and it's an audio journal of my life since 2006. So since March 2006, I've pretty much released almost every single week a an update of what's going on in my life as I've gone from hobby to where I am today, which is a pretty exciting place. And then every week, my wife and I do a show called Family from the Heart at familyfromtheheart.com. And uh, we just basically, we're an, if you will, we're an audio reality show, only it's real life. <laughs> Interesting. Now, how have your shows evolved since the, the earliest days? Well, it started out mostly uh, devoted to entertainment because it was just a hobby just for fun and stuff like that. But then as I left my career in insurance and um, began to say, how do I run a business? You know, I have no idea how to run a business. How do I run a business? So I started looking into how to run a business and I created a show called Business Tech Weekly. Uh, so I would take what I'm learning in how to effectively use technology in my business to keep organized, to be productive and stuff like that. Then I also created a show called Social Media Serenity because I wanted to learn how to use social media, social media, but to have, to have some serenity in my life. So I'm not eaten up all day long, like addicted to just Twitter and Facebook like so many people are. I want to use it and I want to use it effectively. And so I did a show that was completely devoted to how to have real, authentic, genuine, influential relationships with the lives of people you are connected to online, but not let all of that stuff completely suck up your life. Do you have a favorite episode of all the ones that you've created? Yes. Um, I think if you go to podcastanswerman.com slash 316. Episode 316. And it's titled, <laughs> What Do You Desire? And the, the whole uh, emphasis of this is if you are stuck in a career path that you hate, if you're in college and you're several years in and you're just miserable, if you, you know, the, the question is, are you stuck living someone else's dream 
Are you stuck living a life based upon someone else's expert expectations for you? That's where I was. In insurance, why was I in insurance? Well, because I was taught that the responsible thing to do is to grow up, get a job, whether you like it or hate it, make sure that it's financially feasible for you to take care of your family. And if if you can go and have uh, live life on the weekends and on a vacation a couple times a year, then that's what life is all about. But what if you could enjoy your work? What if you got up every morning at 5 a.m., every single morning without fail, because you loved what you did every single day, and you knew you were living according to what gives you a great sense of fulfillment and purpose, and and it fulfills this calling in your life that when you die, you know you've lived well. You, You really are fortunate and that you're able to pursue your dream like you do. Absolutely. It's great. And that's what, so I just want to say that again, if I can, podcastanswerman.com slash 316. I encourage people to listen to that episode. It'll convince you that life is too short to live someone else's dream. What kind of doors has podcasting opened for you? Every door you could possibly imagine. Um, It's the most craziest thing in the world. Um, I will tell you that, I had some friends out there. They were doing public speaking, and I heard this one friend of mine says, Cliff, I get paid $15,000 to do an opening keynote for 45 minutes at a conference. And I'm like, that got me to thinking. I love what I'm doing, and I I know that if I go to speak at these conferences and stuff like that, I could uh, get my message out further. More people who don't know who I am would actually start following the the work that I'm doing. And so I set this goal in 2011. I said in 2012 – one of my goals is to become a paid public speaker. And for the very first time, I want the words, the word keynote next to my name. I want to open a conference and I put that into a podcast. And the next year I had my first uh, paid gig, speaking gig and my first keynote. And I've done several of those since and my speaking fees continually rise and increase. Podcasting opened that up because all I did was actually communicate to my audience. This is my dream. This is my goal for the next year. If you have an event you'd like me to speak at, and boom, there it was. Are you surprised at how successful all this has been for you? I'm ex- I, I'm not as surprised today, but I was I I have been in all of this uh, since I got started. I'm I, I'm still in all. The, the one thing I can tell you, Mark, is I believe that I haven't even scratched the surface of what I believe this where this is going to take me. Um, it, it sounds a little egotistical and arrogant for me to say that sometimes, uh, in my own mind, but I really do believe that I, I'm, if, if I, if I, if God allows me to live long enough, I believe that the, I'm, I'm nowhere near. And here's the, I know that I'm not finishing my own sentences. Uh, but what I can tell you is this, is that I feel that if I knew where I was going to be in 10 years from now. I'd be scared to death and I'd probably run away from it. And that's how big in 10 years from now, I believe it's going to be for me. Now, what kind of work goes into producing uh, your podcasts? How much effort's involved in doing all this? Well, starting out for anybody who's just getting started, it's a lot. I'm talking about, um, I, I actually teach groups of students 30 at a time how to launch a podcast. And when I do that, uh, it, on average, a brand new student who let's just say they have a 45 minute per week episode, it typically takes them about four to eight hours to, to prepare for, record, edit, and publish that episode. And that's pretty common at first. Um, however, you can get to the place where after about maybe 20 episodes, you're probably spending maybe an hour of pre-show preparation, 45 minutes to record it, and maybe anywhere between 20 to 45 minutes to edit it. So you're maybe looking at about two hours per episode uh, on average. And after doing 3,300 episodes, I could probably prepare, do show prep for a podcast in about 20 minutes. I could go into my studio, hit record, and I do not edit a single word out. And as soon as I finish recording, I record for one hour, I hit stop, and in 10 minutes, that thing's online. How involved is your family? You say you do a show with your wife. How mm-hmm. everybody's involved in this? Pretty much everybody's involved. Um, my kids, all I have three children. My youngest one does not yet have her own podcast. But when my daughter was eight, she's fifteen now. When she was eight years old, Megan Ravenscraft. Uh, she had a podcast called the Hannah Montana Fan Podcast. <laughs> there you go. Eight years old, she had thirty-eight thousand subscribers. 
<laughs> That's impressive. <laughs> My son, who is now 13 years old, uh, he years ago he started a podcast called Gaming with Matt. And so we would talk about video games. And my wife has had her own podcasts as well. It's definitely a family affair. 513-419-7100 to join the conversation with Cliff Ravenscraft. Let's talk with Mark and Anderson. Good afternoon, Mark. You're on Cincinnati Edition. Hi. Uh, I just wanted to get a little bit of advice. I also recently have changed careers. I was a musician. Well, I still am, I suppose. But uh, I was a professional musician for around 20 years. And I just recently started working for a language learning app company um, that's a worldwide company. And as a part of that, I've created a new blog that uh, is basically me trying to make friends in every country in the world using this, this app. And um, I've been considering creating a podcast, but I didn't really know where to start. And this blog is going to be published in the next few weeks here uh, to the entire usership of this app. And I'm kind of worried as to whether or not I should maybe just hold off on doing the, the uh, podcast or maybe go ahead and just get started. Based on what you were saying about how uh, easy it is to get noticed among the podcast community versus the uh, blogging community. I wonder if you had any advice about that. I do, actually. Um, I would recommend that you definitely go forward with the blog, uh, definitely, because you need to have an online web presence uh, for your podcast to exist on even. Uh, you want to be able to make sure that the ser search engines can find you pretty easily and stuff like that. So the, it's important to have the blog. Go for the blog. Now, when it comes to whether or not I would recommend you wait for a podcast or, or move forward on a podcast, First thing I would do is I would recommend that you uh, subscribe to a few podcasts. Get used to listening to them, what they what they sound like, various different shows, different people, different approaches. Listen to podcasts first. And if you find like, man, I would really like to do that, then I would encourage you at any point. You don't have to wait very long at all. Uh, I guarantee you that if you create an audio podcast about your topic, you will get noticed much faster then you could ever dream of getting noticed, even, even on YouTube. I don't know if you know this, over 100 hours of video are uploaded to YouTube every single minute. That's over 4 million hours of new content on YouTube every single month. So for you to get noticed with your 12 or 15 or 20 minute video on YouTube and 450 million active English language blogs, a podcast, an audio podcast is going to be the best and quickest way. And as far as where to start, I would encourage you to check out my free tutorial at learnhowtopodcast.com. It's absolutely free and nothing is asked of you. Learnhowtopodcast.com. And thanks very much for the call, Mark. And let's talk with Dr. Willis Sawyer. Good afternoon. You're on Cincinnati Edition. Hi. Thanks very much. You actually just have answered that thing. Gave you, gave you advice for starting that podcast, didn't he? Yes. So I'm, I'm a family doc, and I want to spread the word about hand washing and the effectiveness to prevent flu and all that. Yeah. And I, how do you, what are the first three steps you take? So... You said, one, go to some website, two, listen to a few others, so that those of us who yeah, like to use it. Okay. Uh, go ahead. Th thank you, by the way, for the call. Uh, go ahead and uh, yeah, reiterate. So, so absolutely. Um, if, if I were going to, the first step that I would do is subscribe to a few podcasts. Get used to the medium. Before you go to create something, make sure that you understand what the, what the medium is. It is quite different than anything else out there. Uh, so definitely subscribe first. And then after you subscribe and you think, hmm, I think I would like to do this, then the next step would be I would encourage you to go to learnhowtopodcast.com. And then actually that tutorial will walk you through all the next steps after that, uh, which is, of course, going out and getting a microphone or some ability for you to record your voice and some free software or paid software. There's options mentioned in that tutorial that uh, will help you to take what you've recorded and edit it, add music, make it sound professional if you want to. Uh, and then how to put it online. Uh, finances were tough for you, Cliff, when you first started out podcasting. Uh, what are things like now? <laughs> things are very good now. I, and I'm very open with talking about this, if you're okay with me talking about it. So my first year, 2008, I, by the way, when I was, my last year as, of an in, as an insurance agent, I was making $87,000 a year, which for me was pretty darn awesome. And my first year of doing my business full time, I started in January 1st, 2008. 
in 2008, my personal income, net income was $11,000 for the whole year. Uh, we just barely eked by. In January, we lived off of my December income. In February, we lived off my Christmas bonus from the final Christmas bonus. Uh, March, April, and May, we lived off of our tax refund. Uh, eventually I was able, you know, the business was paying its own expenses, but it just wasn't paying a salary to its one and only employee, which is me. Uh, so it, it was, the business was profitable by the end of the year, but I te- ended up making a total of $11,000 personal income. And I did take out $14,000 out of my pension that year and paid $4,000 in taxes and penalties so that I could have $10,000 just to make sure food was on the table. Rough start, but you hung in there. Rough start. And 2009 was a lot better than that, but it was still rough. Uh, but uh, in 2012, uh, the business made over $576,000, and I made $279,000 in personal income, and things have been really good since then. Uh, you have to warn people, though. You're skeptical about uh, get-rich-quick This is not podcasting. Oh, if, if, you, if you didn't hear me, I just said that I started in 2005, did this for two <laughs> years, made no money at all. We want to emphasize this. In my first year doing it full-time, I made $11,000. So... Uh, and single fu- single family income. You've had to work to get it to this I, point. Absolutely. I, I if you listen to uh, or read the book Tipping Point with Malcolm Gladwell, he talks about the rule of ten thousand hours, and then te- rule of ten thousand hours says that be- to become so freakishly awesome at what you're doing that people know your know your name just by here or know who you are by your first name, it to become that awesome at anything, you have to be at it, work at it for. Uh, 10,000 hours, 10,000 deliberate hours in that task. And I've got probably about 35 or 40,000 hours into this. Cliff, thank you so much for joining us this afternoon and sharing your story with us. It's been very enjoyable. Thank you. Cliff Ravenscraft, the podcast answer man. You can read more about him in this month's Cincinnati Magazine. And there's a link to that article at WVXU.org. Thanks for listening to Cincinnati Edition on 91.7 WVXU. Archives of our programs are available at WVXU.org. The producer for today's program was Pete Reitmeyer with help from Kevin Reynolds. The technical director was Rick Andres. I'm Mark Haney. Stay tuned for Here and Now next on 91.7 WVXU. Podcast! Add some